lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And welcome. What a long, strange trip it's been. But we are here at the end of all things known as 2021. It is part one of our two-part perennial year in review. And I believe, gentlemen, it's the third or fourth year in a row we've said, and we've never had a year like this. All right. (laughs) Greetings. Uh, My name is Steve Dace. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all of you. Todd Erzin is here as well as Aaron McIntyre. As you can see, we have all come dressed for the occasion because if the answer is us hadn't already been predetermined and selected as the vision for the show this year, it certainly could have gone to Let's Go Brandon. Amen. Amen to that. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, You can also look for us, if you don't like censorship, please go instead to MeWe Parlor Gab and Getter. We post a lot of the same stuff there, including the stuff that Facebook and Twitter does not like. Just look for my name there. You can get clips of the show at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show that are also free of censorship. If you are looking for the COVID Christmas parody, it is in its own separate file there at rumble.com slash Steve Day's Show. And of course, there is still time as well if you want to get a copy of my new book, Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It much longer, a 21st century battle plan for waging and hopefully winning the culture war. It is available right now uh, at Amazon.com if you want to go there. We went right to paperback to make it as accessible and as affordable as we possibly can. There are discussion questions at the end of each chapter, uh, so this can be done in a small group setting as well. Uh, Again, uh, do what you believe or you won't be free to believe it much longer is available now. Before we get into our year-end festivities, I want to reiterate something. Uh, I have pointed this out on the show several times over the last few months, and I had considered waiting until tomorrow uh, for the final episode of the year, but then I just got concerned with all the moving parts of the two-hour year-end dace group and going through all those categories that I just wouldn't have the time and it would slip my mind. And frankly, what I'm about to say is is even more important than anything that we'll come up with today or tomorrow. It, it could literally be a life or death situation. Everyone in this audience, everyone in this audience who is unsure that they have had COVID this calendar year, every one of you, particularly those of you now that are living in the northern seasonality as we are, where winter is coming. Yes, yesterday we were all here in t-shirts and talking about driving around with the windows down. It is literally 40 degrees cooler than it was at this time yesterday here in the Midwest. If you live in the northern seasonality, everyone within the sound of my voice, you need to know if you have recovered from a prior infection of COVID, symptomatic or otherwise, this calendar year. If not, all of you face a choice. All of you do. That choice is the following. You will either sign up to be a reoccurring test subject 
with experimental therapeutics whose side effects we're just beginning to understand because we handed out 6 billion doses of them worldwide this year. Technology that has never been mass injected into human beings before, that had never even been brought to market before. And technology we know that when it is effective, that effectiveness wanes. So you won't be just doing this once. A lot of people, for example, got the J&J vaccine just once here in the last couple of months because it was single jab just to satisfy or satisfy an employer or some other government or uh, totalitarian edict, right? Mm-hmm. And now there's a story out that the government now is looking at the J&J vaccine for blood clotting issues. We don't know. We, we do know after a year of injections, we have a higher rate of adverse side effects for these therapeutics than any other vaccine slash non-vaccine. They're not vaccines. They do not immunize you from either getting COVID or giving it to somebody else. That's why we had to change the, the definition of the term vaccine back in August to accommodate them. It is true that the overall rates of adverse side effects for these is low. It is also true we have a record number of adverse side effect reports. How can those things be simultaneously true? Because on a per capita basis, the risk of side effect is low. Unless you're in a couple of groups. Young men, hence all the athletes we have seen uh, around the world, and women of childbirth or childbearing age or time in their lives. However, given the volume of injections we are making, the per capita rate kind of gets squashed by the total amount of adverse side effect reports. So you need to decide whether you're willing to go on and be a a reoccurring test subject in that program because it will not be a one-time transaction. Not if you actually want these things to work for you. Unless Omicron is showing that the virus is attenuating, you are looking at reoccurring jabs and therefore reoccurring risks. That may be the risk that you decide to go with. It just should be your decision. If that is not the risk that you decide you wish to go with, then please, please make sure that you have access to early treatment. We have given out on this show several leads along those lines. I'm going to repeat them again. After I do this, 70 of you are going to email me and ask me to send you the links. I just don't have time to answer emails like that. So go get the podcast, pause, and write them down. Text them to yourself. These are very important. I've already had COVID. So is my wife. We have the early treatment ivermectin protocol anyway, just in case. Because you never know what the what, what mutations they're causing. I'm sorry. Um, mutations may emerge. So be prepared. Let me give you those sites yet again. Kind of a catch-all site that gives you a lot of links to a lot of different places. Earlytreatmentreport.com. Again, that is earlytreatmentreport.com. 
where my wife and I went for our telehealth to get our ivermectin prescription, cocktail prescriptions, ivermectin Ken, C-A-N, or look for Molly James, I-E, ivermectin Ken, Dr. Molly James, ivermectinken.com, a place that we have featured here on the show that I know has helped a good deal of you. Seven cells, and it's the word, you have to spell the word out, S-E-V-E-N, sevencells.com, sevencells.com. The Frontline COVID Critical Care Center, flccc.net, flccc.net, pushhealth.com. Again, pushhealth.com, myfreedoctor.com, myfreedoctor.com, that is another one. And Dr. Stella MD, DR Stella with two L's, drstellamd.com, drstellamd.com. Please, if you are not going to sign up for the waning efficacy therapeutics, you just don't want to risk that many jabs, or it might be a moral decision for you. You might be concerned that they have not been honest fully about just what kind of research did they do on, shall we say, aborted tissue in order to come up with this technology. You might be concerned that the vaccines themselves are creating antibody-dependent enhancement. They're leaky. They're making the variants worse. And you don't want to participate in that program because you think that's what's going on here. Again, though, that should be your decision. But if you go with that decision, that's the decision I've made. If you go with that decision, do not go into this seasonality unarmed against this, please. Go through those links I just gave you. Familiarize yourself with other protocols. There's other protocols out there beyond just ivermectin. I wanted to make sure to state that before we got into anything else here today. Because this is our penultimate show of the year. I'm going to be gone for a few weeks. This will be one of the final times we'll have a chance to connect in real time this year. When we come back, we'll be in the dead of January. Winter will be here. Desolation will arrive. the more certain things that they have tried show to fail, the more they will not extend grace to those of us who predicted it would happen and therefore didn't participate in their failed scheme, the more they will try to crack down even harder on us because that's how cults behave. So please now, right now, if you have not contacted any of these sites, We've gotten to know a lot more new people on this show in the last couple of years with the growth of this audience. We'd like you to hang around with us for another year or two. So please, if you are going to opt out of being a test subject for experimental technology that doesn't immunize and whose efficacy wanes, that's your decision. It's the decision that I made. But I'm not going into this winter without anything. And for all of you, which, whichever one of these paths you choose, 
make sure you know what your vitamin D level is and you check it and you are at the max of it. End of public service announcement. Now for some good news. Eggnog and Bilt Bar like peanut butter and jelly, brother. I mean, it is, and Aaron will testify too, it is a phenomenal new seasonal flavor for Built Bar. They've got the gingerbread one too. I haven't yet tried that. But so many new flavors they're launching all the time with the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. So when we get past the holidays and a lot of us are going to be like, all right, man, I just cannot eat like that again, at least until next year at this time. Uh, but what am I going to do with this sweet tooth now, right? Built Bar is your solution, loaded with protein, loaded with flavor, all of them covered in real chocolate, but not loaded with calories, carbs, and sugars. If you want to try them or try them again and again and again, uh, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code, D-E-A-C-E, so many great flavors. Go to Built.com for Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T, Built.com for Built Bar. Get the promo code Dace for 15% off. All right. Part one of our year-end show, we're going to look back later on at my top 10 predictions for this year and either laugh, scoff, or say prophesy. All right, now I've not even looked at these predictions since we unveiled them last January, so I'll be as fascinated as you guys are to see how poorly we likely did. All right, we will get into that. Uh, we'll have our clip of the year, the clip that we think sort of summarizes what 2021 ended up revealing itself to be. But we begin by looking back at what were the top 10 stories of 2021 as selected by Todd and Aaron. I've not seen these either. I'm going to watch them and see them in real time with all of you. And Aaron, you will begin. Roll number 10, Aaron. Not so fast. If you can see, yeah. the numbers all go to 11. Look, right nice. across the board. Oh. 11, oh, 11, most 11. This year, we needed 11 slots to fully encapsulate, to the best of our abilities, the top stories of the year. We begin with number 11, the Overton window expands. Last year, you would have gotten kicked off of any platform of consequence if you postulated that COVID-19 could have begun in a laboratory. Yes, the theory that the virus originated in a city full of viral research centers instead of occurring naturally in a bat hundreds of miles away was enough to get you canceled. Yet this year, that part of the Overton window was absolutely shattered, not only by conservative media, but by legacy media, most notably BuzzFeed News, whose bombshell expose on a trove of foiled emails between Anthony Fauci and numerous prominent international epidemiologists poured more fuel on the fire of the lab leak origin hypothesis of COVID-19. The Atlantic, the New York Times, and Vanity Fair were just a few of the outlets to mull over and at the very least accept the possibility of the lab leak as explaining the pandemic. Despite all the prima facie evidence over the last year in support of this hypothesis, just recently Anthony Fauci was still insisting the virus could have had a natural origin. Well, it may not have originated in the market, um, but it certainly could have. Uh, first of all, I love what you guys did there from the outset, that there was just no way for this year to just stick with 10. Okay. So I love the setup. Nice spinal tap reference there. Well done. Um, and as I was watching that, a question occurred to me that I want to ask you guys. And I'll ask all of you in the audience this rhetorically and 
You can answer from home what you think. Scream it at us. We won't hear it, but um, it'll be fascinating nevertheless. What was the purpose of allowing the Overton window to expand? Because most of the window expanding of Mr. Overton wasn't done by us. People like us. When I say us, I don't mean us specifically. I mean on our side of this media industry because we would get censored for attempting to go there, correct? Mm -hmm. So why was it regime-approved narrative that at given times during the year were actually the ones doing the expanding of the window? The the one exception I can think of is the Sherry Marcus book, uh, What Really Happened in Wuhan, okay? But she actually lives in another country, okay? So short of that, I, I would not say that what we have done on our show has been Overton window expanding. I would say it might be Overton window shattering by pointing out fallacies and, and discrepancies and inconsistencies that are clearly um, in, in, incontrovertibly incongruent. They, they just can't be, they're irreconcilable. We've done a lot of that, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know that we have successfully expanded the Overton window here because we don't have the power to do that. They control all of those sectors. So why have they been at times strategically willing to do so? Like, do you think Google, let me put a finer point on it for you guys. Do you think that whoever, that Silicon Valley got up one day this this summer or spring, whenever that Atlantic story ran about the true origins of the virus, and the people over at Silicon Valley that are really calling the shots about what is and what doesn't get through the Overton window, we're just like, oh, wow, man, interesting story. We should read this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or did they know when that story was coming and they were like, okay, it's all clear, kid. What was the, why? Is it just random acts of journalism? But why? I think to your point about us being censored, well, there was, I think inevitably there's a sooner or later quality to the ridiculousness of the levels of tyranny Mm -hmm. they would have to implement to rearrange the deck chairs on this Titanic of saying, no, look over there. It really wasn't that. Right. I mean, it, that was going to happen. And knowing the grifts that they have going on, and I'm just, I'm talking the progressive, radical, pagan, uh, satanic left. They're way better at the right at juggling a lot of chainsaws at one time. And we need to actually be like, but they, there is a limit and there's only so many cons they can pull off at one time. I really think sooner or later, they just had to let this one go. My first instinct is to say that, Todd. That's my first in- instinct. Oh, I'm open However, to far worse. Oh, no, no, no. I, mine is... mine is. <laughs> that could I'm, be a slogan for yeah. next year. I'm open to far worse. I'm open worse. to far worse. Yeah. Yes. You know, I think my theory is, if you look at the timing, I can't remember which was first, but there was that Vanity Fair piece yeah. going inside the early days of the pandemic, and then there was the BuzzFeed News FOIA emails expose and release of, of Dr. Anthony Fauci, and there were more in the year. But But when did those come out? Middle of spring, late spring, early summer. What was happening there? Still had pretty positive data. On we the were vaccine. in between waves, and the vaccine data was exactly. great, and it looked like we were completely get a, We were all clear of this. Going to get all clear of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, we might excellent as well get, point. I might as well get around to looking at the origins of this. That's what I think could be. It's a safe now. It, it's safe. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't hurt our agenda now. Yeah. 
That's a that's well, a great point. And they they do they they let this stuff out strategically at points. Like Aaron's, that's a fantastic point. People, can we? I hate it, but let's just get back to normal. Let's just get back to normal. Mm-hmm. And so I, people don't even want to persecute the lies. They don't accountability. Who cares? Let's can just we move just past forget that. it? Just move past it? And yes. they know we think that way. <laughs> And so yep. they do that. Let's have VJ and VE day, but then there's no yeah. Nuremberg. Right, and exactly. And we go, we go right into becoming yes. baby boomers. And that's our, f- not, not yeah. us, because God knows we're not, but it is, it's every person's that's fault. That's a good point too. And then there's another factor here I think we should consider, particularly given the time of year. You know, there is just a sovereign God in charge of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And and he has a, a tendency to let uh, the, the truth ultimately come yes. out. Okay. One way or the other. Yes. Right. That's a factor in this too. Right. Okay. Number 10. Number 10. Fall of the House of Cuomo. Perhaps it would have been believable at this time last year that just one of the Cuomo brothers would have been out of a job. New York was in the midst of investigating the nursing home scandal in which thousands of elderly patients in the state were ostensibly murdered by being knowingly exposed to COVID-positive residents facilitated by Governor Cuomo. It had also just come to light that the elder Cuomo brother had some Me Too issues in which the first of many women would accuse him of unwanted contact constituting sexual harassment. Fast forward to a year later, and Andrew Cuomo is no longer the governor of New York. Chris Cuomo is no longer at his perch on CNN after it came to light he'd used his connections to help his brother with the aforementioned scandals, and the fall of the House of Cuomo was complete. So to me, this is sovereignty of God level stuff here that we were just talking about, right? I mean, 12 and especially 18 months ago, it it looked like the future of the Democratic Party was Andrew Cuomo. In fact, a lot of people wanted the present of the Democratic Party to be Andrew Cuomo in place of Joe Biden. Hey, can we do something about that, right? You know, he's doing book tours during a pandemic, you know, um, Chris uh, has allegedly recovered from COVID and emerges from his uh, spider hole of a of a posh, you know, uh, Connecticut basement, I'm guessing. Um, I, I mean, you have Anthony Fauci talking about how New York has handled the the, the pandemic correctly, praising uh, Andrew Cuomo's leadership, um, talking about openly his long term friendship with Chris Cuomo and the entire Cuomo family. Uh, I mean, this is one of the most stark political collapses of a brand slash dynasty slash, you know, I I wouldn't go so far as to call it a dynasty, even though, of course, their old man was governor of New York, too, back in the day. But it certainly is one of the most stark and sudden collapses of a brand, of a powerful, potent political brand I can ever remember. I mean, I, I mean, can you think of one that collapsed this suddenly. Now, we're not, this is not a Michael Avenatti. Where he, this guy, you know, who is this guy? Had his fifteen minutes, and then you know, the LA Times did a Google search and was like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta take this guy out. We can't have this guy be the face of the franchise. He's a scumbag, right? So we need to be the ones to do it before the right figures this right. out." The, this is an established brand. Like you and I can barely remember an era where the last name Cuomo wasn't potent in American politics. And you and I are pushing 50, which means Aaron's never lived in a time period where that has not been the case. Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, 
Can you think of a brand that was as established and solidified as this one that collapsed as suddenly as the House of Cuomo did in 2021? I can't, and I wish there were great lessons to be learned there and coattails to be written in terms of getting uh, towards sanity, but I think the opposite is true, which you outlined earlier this year when it happened, why you said it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. It just happens to be... I thought it would happen to Andrew. I had no idea what Chris was involved in or anything else. It's it's not because progressives are learning their lessons. It's the opposite. There's there's no baggage. He can't help them as a white male, and... And it, it was it was beyond transparent that you have a, a a black woman is now the AG and is going. What did I say when she announced her thing? I, con- I congratulated her on being the 2020 yeah. uh, uh, two Democrat nominee for governor. Okay, mm-hmm. and then shortly after Andrew fell, she announces her candidacy. It was just I, my my prediction that this was how it would go down had nothing to do with idealism at all. It was it was actually factoring in just hardcore political cynicism. That's all. And you were right. Think about, though, the amount of accountability. You know, this is where, this is where, think, try to think like God thinks, if, you, if, if we can in our finite minds for a second. Because this just came to me. Because I agree with you. I mean, the lament you just had about a lack of accountability. And the point we just made, we're going to skip, we're going to go from VE to VJ day and go right back into being baby boomers and skip Nuremberg. No accountability for what we had to just endure, right? Right. You know, somewhere in the in the heavenly host, someone is like, y'all aren't paying attention to what's going down at CNN right now. You know what I'm saying? Whistleblowers are coming forward. There's another sex, you know, crime charge. Uh, somebody's already been outed as a sex offender uh, and a predator and fired. Cuomo gone. What's happened to their ratings? Don Lemon is facing allegations. Um, the colossal embarrassment of Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah. Uh, there is some accountability on a on a happening on that level. And at the same time that's happening, what did we see get ratcheted up to eleven? Donald Trump, January 6th, you know, no, see, that's, those go hand in hand. The news has to change. It doesn't, if they just get rid of the, that's the point you're making. You know, the enemy is not in favor of accountability, right? Yeah, yeah. If they get rid of the old scumbags and just bring in new scumbags and keep doing the scumbag things. Yes, yes. We're just rearranging the uh, scumbag scumbag chairs here on the, on the CNN uh, starship. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Uh, Before we continue on, let me tell you about our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition, because that goes along with what I was just talking about here at the top of the show. All the talk about masks and variants uh, and vaccines that actually aren't, uh, that actually don't uh, immunize you from getting or giving the virus to somebody else. How about, you know, changing your lifestyle, uh, being healthier? And there's little things we can do that help. I, I know it's not convenient to do that a lot of times. But, you know, our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, they try to make it as convenient as possible. They've got great products like Field of Greens. I use this on a regular basis. Loaded, packed with antioxidants, uh, USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables, and not just one, but 18 of them. One scoop in any water-based drink, you stir it up and you are good to go. And with that one drink, you probably get more fruits and vegetables than the average American gets in, in just that serving in a day, sadly, if if not longer, all right? And that makes a big deal because the number one largest immune system in the body is in the gut, okay? So if you want to give it a try here, uh, use the promo code Steve when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. 
Use the promo code Steve when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Get 15% off with the promo code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. We have time for number nine or not? I'm not sure, but we can find out. Right, number find nine. Out. Inflation, supply chain, job creation. Oh, my. Raise your hand if you, too, haven't taken paternity leave for three months. Yet, despite the country's out-of-control supply chain issues, which reached an apex this fall, nobody seemed to notice that the guy whose job it is to streamline the transportation of goods wasn't actually on the job. All those empty shelves you've seen this year, the sky-high prices for certain cars, certain manufactured items, that's largely to do because of the supply chain issues as scores of container ships sat off the coast of mainly California waiting for trucks to come relieve them of their loads. And that was the least concerning economic news of the year. Throughout the entirety of the year, job creation saying nothing of job growth has consistently fallen short of expectations, especially in blue states where progressive policies have hardly encouraged people to get up from the Netflix and chill they enjoyed for the better part of the last two years. But the most ominous economic indicator is that of the highly transient inflation, which continues to set records, including late this year when producer inflation grew by nearly 10% year over year, the highest on record. Couple this with skyrocketing fuel prices, sluggish job growth, and supply chain backlogs, and you're left with only one solution. Let's go, Brandon. I'll have more on that topic when we come back here. There is some ominous news from England on this. We'll discuss that here in a moment. You know, it occurs to me as we go through this list of the top 10 stories of the year, otherwise known as the Hall of Suck, all right, um, you may need to come down, okay? Um, so why not check out our friends over at Bonner Private Wine? They've got some of the finest imported wines available in the world. 9,000 feet of altitude is where their Malbec grapes are grown in the Andes Mountains down in Argentina, with families that have been doing this and running vineyards for literally hundreds of years, and they make it available to you, some of the best red wine in the world. All of us have tried it. All three of us love it. Goes great with red meat or anything, frankly. Leather, black cherry, a little smoke, not loaded with fillers and chemicals either. This is the good stuff that it usually costs a lot of good money to get your hands on. But right now, we can offer it to you for 50% off right now, no promo code. No promo code needed. Oh, 50% off the shipping too. 50% off the wine, 50% off the shipping too. You can't beat that. All right, when you go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Again, that is bonner, B-O-N-N-E-R, bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. As a follow-up to the last story of the year that you guys just highlighted about some of the economic indicators out there, the Bank of England this morning announced that it is raising the interest rates in the UK 150%. 150%. Is that a lot? It's all part of the plan, Steve. Uh, uh, maybe that guy's plan. Yeah. 150% increase in interest rates in the UK in reaction to these indicators that are going on all throughout the West right now. And I I just don't 
it will take a minor miracle, I believe. If, and I hate to say this, man. I'm a business owner. I got employees. One of them's me. Okay. I, I, I'm not, you know, this isn't, and yeah, a great economy and Republicans will win in November. Okay. I don't, whatever. Uh, or terrible economy. I mean, I, I just, I don't know how we escape some form of recession in the first quarter. Right. Right. When everybody's done spending the money right now after holiday shopping and then they're hunkering down wondering, all right, what's next with the new variant? What's next with vaccine mandates? And you've already you've already got these indicators right now with a lot of people with, with most of Americans spending whatever discretionary income they have on the holidays. Where does this go in January when this when this when this part of consumer confidence ends? Where does this go? Well, furthermore, you can't escape it when most of the world is trying to make it happen right they are let's get to number eight number eight justice has its day this year wasn't completely filled with bad news in the last quarter of the year three different juries in three different states in three high-profile criminal cases went three for three beginning with the acquittal of kyle rittenhouse the illinois teen accused of murdering and assaulting multiple individuals during the kenosha wisconsin riots of 2020 the jury found Rittenhouse not guilty on all charges, completely clearing his name and sending the race-baiting left into a complete meltdown. Then there was the case of the late Ahmad Arbery, who appeared to not exactly be a great dude, but who a jury found did not deserve to be tracked down and killed by a trio of men in Georgia after they accused him of burglary. Finally, a jury in Illinois found actor Jussie Smollett guilty on five counts of crimes, including felony making a false police report after faking a hate crime against himself. What I think is noteworthy, if you want to connect all three of those events, is the mechanism by which that justice was realized. I mean, as, as, as we see clips today of police in New York arresting people attempting to eat at Cheesecake Factory and Applebee's without one of uh, one of uh, fewer de Blasio's vax passes and and realize hey you guys do you guys belong to that police union by the way that's pushing back on the vaccine mandate is there any self-awareness here yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah you guys are in the police union that is pushing back on the vax mandate while you go out there like a bunch of goose steppers and say, I'm just following orders and arrest people who are just trying to get, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the appetizer trio at, at Applebee's on a, on a Tuesday. But what's the mechanism here? The people, the jury box, regular people. And one of the things that William F. Buckley used to say that became famous among many is that he would rather be governed by a hundred random names chosen out of the phone book than, what was it, the faculty at Yale, I believe, where yeah, he attended? something like that, yeah. yeah. And Scott Rasmussen, when he still owned Rasmussen Polling, he doesn't any longer, but when he, the company he founded, he was inspired by that and used to actually do that as a poll. He would, he would ask people every couple of years, do you, would you rather be governed by random names out of the phone book or the current United States Congress or your governor, right? Okay. But notice what happens when we are able to bypass the, the, the partisan process. We're able to bypass the swamp and the media. And it's just present, a presentation of evidence. 
and claims and counterclaims on what was what is true and what is not. And then look what occurs. And now you know, though, why it is so difficult to generate these events because the forces we're up against don't want that kind of clarity. Clarity is not their friend. Unsettledness is. Um, a lack of discernment is. A lack of knowing good from evil or true from false. Those things, that, that murky pea soups, thick, not touch of gray, uh, Grateful Dead, thick, thick, like charcoal marker levels of gray is the world in which they want to operate because that's where they can thrive. When the, when the light is turned on, when the sun shines in, when the truth is allowed, at, when the lion is let out of its cage, look at what the result is, even in our diminished state as a culture. Look at what the result is. It is quite possible that by the time our holiday vacation ends and we return here on Monday, January 10th, we might be the only modernized nation, free market nation in the world that is not imposing some form of COVID vaccine mandate on its people to, like, corporately. It will happen in, in some pockets, but given the current trend line, we might end up being the only market, you know, industrialized nation in the world that isn't doing that. Looking at what's going on around the, England was one of the last. They're selling out on that as we speak this week. We might be the last one left. Now, Brazil, that dude's yeah. going to okay. help us stick okay. around. All right. All right. If we're counting them now as, a, as one of those modernized industrial nations. But, but dude, the, now that's why we're America and you're all, you aren't because the people here don't tolerate that kind of stuff. But just think of the level of resistance that has been amassed, again, in our diminished state. And, 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 and this is often or had to be organic, being blindsided. This didn't have, you know, years of committees of correspondence with months and years of lead up to plan all this out. A lot of it is just reactionary to where this has gone. And I think that is a huge meta lesson for all of us. That's why the answer is us. The less we rely on political representation the less we outsource our activism and citizenship, the more likely we are to be successful. Number seven. Number seven, Loudoun. Perhaps Loudoun County, Virginia would be better renamed as Every Town USA because for most of this year, the school system of the most populous county in that state seemed to be a proxy in the culture war on basically every front of consequence, from critical racist theory to the rainbow jihad to whether kids should be muzzled all issues that, at various times, boiled over in the county this year. Perhaps the climax of that proxy war was the bombshell expose from the Daily Wire, introducing the country to a father who had been arrested at a Loudoun County school board meeting after a school board member told him to his face that his high school daughter had not, in fact, been anally raped by a dude in a dress in a women's restroom in a Loudoun County public school. 
She had been, and there were police records proving it. Such a brazen act of violence, directly stemming from left-wing radical rainbow jihadist policies, perhaps was enough to shake enough people awake in the old Dominion state. Eventually, the Virginia gubernatorial election went down, and it was billed as a bellwether for the next few years in the political fight against the American left. Republican Glenn Youngkin won that election and has since returned to his milquetoast GOP establishment ways, at least in his hiring decisions. Nevertheless, Youngkin and activists on the ground proved that picking a culture war fight is a fight you can win, even in what had become a blue state. This is a great follow-up to what we were just talking about. Youngkin won. He didn't cause this wave. He wrote it. It's the opposite of what Trump did. Trump recognized that there was this current under the surface that most called immigration, that most of the of, of, of the system, including even a lot of conservative Republicans, didn't want to touch whatsoever because they had just been conditioned that, you know, this is a toxic issue for us as a party. And, you know, like a true entrepreneur, Trump's like, well, I'm going to I'm going to give the public what it wants. And, and so he helped to instigate that wave. In the case of Yunkin, this wave was instigated outside in. And him and his campaign were just smart enough to grab a surfboard and hop on. And I'm sure this will come up again tomorrow, given some of the categories for the year-end Dace group. Nobody, nobody in all of American media, nobody, wrote a story, a singular story that had more of a demonstrative impact than Luke Rosiak at the Daily Wire did this year. Nobody did. Nowhere. Nowhere in American media, legacy, corporate, conservative, alternative, underground. No one in American media, no one generated a story that we can, we can say A plus B equals C, clearly generated more of a direct impact on an outcome than Luke Rosiak at the Daily Wire did. Nobody did. And can I stress something? Because I think Luke would acknowledge this. All he did was like basic reporting. Mm-hmm. Like he had have the courage uh, to to do it, which many journalists they're just always looking around and seeing what their but, peers. But, but he but, wasn't he wasn't meeting some source in a dark alley. No, at midnight. no, he just found the documents, the, the normal sources you would go to. But this goes to the point I just made a few minutes yeah. ago. Uh, look what a little sunshine exactly. did. Yeah. Look what a little clarity did. Yeah. Okay. Just a, just a little bit. Look what happened. Because what we're up against is not just mere mere culture war stuff. Yeah. This is I'm making, next level opposition. I'm making your point. It doesn't take as much as you think. No. It's, I understand it feels scary. Uh, willingness. Yes. But if just if you do it, watch the dominoes fall. I could imagine, I could imagine when Luke first realized he had a story, he probably asked himself, because we did this with COVID early yeah, last yeah, year, yeah. It, we can't be this right. It can't be this easy to, to debunk I did it this. with the previous story when I was uh, charged with crimes I didn't commit. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, we've experienced this. There must be this. an angle. There's so many smart people. How could they, how can they have, how come they didn't get to this first? Yes. How, you right? Yes. Because that's how I felt the, the, early, the early days of pushing back on COVID. I'm like quadruple, quintuple, sextuple, checking my work. And I'm like, I'm a community college guy playing Madden football and MLB the show at night. What am I missing here? Because this looks pretty damn obvious to me, right? Mm -hmm. I'll bet you that Luke had, at first he was like, there must be more to this story. It cannot be this obvious. 
No, it is. It's what 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 is. That's why these things are covered up. That's why they're not covered. That's why these questions aren't asked because it is this obvious. Yes, that's exactly right. Next number six, Afghanistan. Mm. They were literally hanging on to the landing gear on cargo planes before falling to their deaths. We literally bombed nearly a dozen innocent civilians, mistaking them for the Taliban. We literally left hundreds of Americans behind, but not before getting even more American service members blown to bits. We literally could have avoided this, but our military leaders all the way up to the White House literally could not be bothered. And they literally couldn't memory hold this story fast enough. And they literally did memory hold this story to the point that Todd and I literally forgot to add this to the top 10 stories until just a few days before this aired. Shame. Honestly, that the point Aaron made when we had our discussion about this, Aaron made the initial list of 10, mm-hmm. gave it to me. I took two out, added two more. I put them in order. And then... Uh, we we went off. I'm doing my list for tomorrow's show, and I got to the end of that list, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I texted Aaron mm-hmm. immediately, like, "We forgot Afghanistan," mm-hmm. and that's why his point is so profound in there about the memory hole. It worked on us, and we do this. Do you remember the issue that they pivoted to to get off of Afghanistan? Uh, see, I Vaccines. don't know the vaccine mm-hmm. mandates. Yeah. Think of how unpopular those are. Think of think of the yeah. uprising that those caused, but they knew. That, it, that that they're still better off fighting on that front. And it worked. And yeah. it worked. They were better off fighting on that front than Afghanistan and what happened there. That's one of the saddest moments and chapters in all of American history. It's one of the most embarrassing. It's one of the most pathetic. Um, it's one of the most emasculating moments in all of American history. And except for those that work in, in college faculties, no other form in, of America, of American, likes feeling and looking like like the country's weak in a weakened state, left people behind. We would see this in the in, in the Obama years after the Tea Party uprisings. And when so the Tea Party uprisings, Obama looks weak. Republicans would have these mass gains in midterm elections, but then the Republican leadership would go up there and negotiate with themselves, would not push back meaningfully on any legislation whatsoever. And now suddenly Obama looks like he's the he's the alpha in the room and the badass guy by refusing to negotiate and Boehner and and McConnell look weak. And so Obama then turns around and gets reelected. Right. Mm -hmm. People, Americans over the overwhelming majority of Americans. Regardless of what stripe they are politically hate the country looking weak and anemic. Now, they may disagree on what strength means, okay? See, the disagreement is, the disagreement we're having on, on this front is what strength means. But the, we're, we're leaving people behind. You've got a bunch of single men hanging out at the hangar trying to jump on planes, and we're like, we're all the women and children, right? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an awful look. It's a terrible look. It's one of the worst, most embarrassing, emasculating moments in all of American history. And that's why they thought, this is going to take the people that hate us, and they're going to hate us even more, but at least it'll get the people that love us, who hate us right now, back on board, because it'll just create a really bitter partisan fight, pivoting to vaccines, and getting off this, which is a, you know, an existential level of loss. All right the top five stories of the year to go. We will get to those when we come back. Back with part two of our 
part one of our uh, special year-end edition. We're looking back at the top 10 stories of 2021. Soon we will look back at what I predicted would be the top 10 stories of 2021, and we will laugh at just how far off I was. Although the last couple of years, I really actually wasn't that bad from what I recall. I think that's right. Now, this year it'll be interesting to see, because I this year I didn't do what I typically do. I didn't look at like trends and then try to forecast where the trend would go. I decided to try and listen to the crazy voices in my head this year. So we'll see how that turned out. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can email uh, at steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Go to MeWe Parlor Gab and Getter. Look for me there. And you'll also be able to look at what I think without any censorship at all. And then you can look at clips of the show for free that are also free of censorship. When you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show, that's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Those of you that are podcast listeners, thank you. If you have left us a five-star review, if you have hit subscribe or follow on whichever podcast platform you prefer, thank you. Uh, so many of you have. If you've yet to do that, please consider doing so. It definitely is a boost to the show. So thanks in advance for doing that. Uh, we also want to let you know that there's about 360 little places in your body called joints from the top of your neck down to your feet where inflammation can absolutely seep in and cause chronic pain. Now, what do I, what do I mean by chronic pain? Chronic pain is not, oh, you know, I had an accident and, you know, twisted something or sprained something that's called an injury. Chronic pain is the, uh, that lingering achiness and soreness that just won't go away. And chances are it's caused by inflammation. That's why if you are looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory, and you should be, that is backed by both 35 years of clinical research as well as going on almost two years now of my daily usage, you're looking for Omega XL. I can personally testify to its effectiveness, which is why I will recommend that you take advantage of their buy one, get one free offer today. Buy a bottle, get a second one for free. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve, again, that is OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or just give them a call at 800-844-4888. All right, now we are to the top five stories of 2021. Here's number five. Number five, President Dementia. It'd be a lot funnier if this were an episode of The Simpsons. That Quimby fella promised to build us a Matlock Expressway. But it's not. It's real, and the President of the United States, still a global superpower, is not only weak, not only meek, but feeble. From tripping up the stairs not once, but not twice, but three times, to continued gaffes that go beyond his speech impediment, it's clear Biden is not running this country. A cabal of communists get to hide in the shadows and trot his corpse out to show off his diarrhea of the mouth, and we're the ones left holding the bag. And that's only number five. Yeah, I don't even know what to, I don't know what to add to that. You know what I'm saying? I mean... What, what do you add to that? You know, we observed on the show earlier this year that through the, you know, we're in a third century now of American history and the, the presidency has projected a lot of different images to the world. Uh, courage, strength, corruption, incompetence. Um, can you ever think of a time that it projected feebleness? That's the word that Aaron used effectively there in his intro. I mean, I, I can't think of a time that feeble 
is what was projected to the rest of the world. And I don't think that's a coincidence as to why China came out with, you know, their version of Khrushchev pounding the podium, you know, uh, and Putin is adding troops to you to the Ukraine border after talking to Biden. All right. It's like it's almost like Vlad was just like, you know what, man? I mean, I know I'm seeing the clips and stuff, but how much of that is just right wing and media in America? Let me size this dude up myself and get him on the phone, get him on the phone, see what he's really like. And then afterwards, what did he do? Yeah, we'll be sending 10,000 more troops to the Ukraine. It, uh, he is who we thought he was, basically, right? Yeah. So there we are. America, we got to start with a couple of these things that Steve has highlighted here. We keep making decisions out of desperation. We chose Biden to the degree we chose Biden out of desperation. As Loudoun County, a reaction out of desperation. The point he made with... Trump still. Trump was a, re- a desperate choice and constantly be failed failed by the system. How about we are proactive like the founders were and establish the th- way we think about our country, the votes we make, the leadership we choose, based on a creed, first principles, things like that. That's ultimately why we keep slipping on the banana in the tailpipe because. We, we're afraid to stand for things because that's that's mean and that's not nice and uh, we're the people we've been waiting for based on feelings. Instead of bedrock, this is a timeless biblical principle of where you plant your seed. Is it falling on sand? Is it falling on hard, parched ground? We got to start putting it in, uh, in healthy uh, soil. Well said. Number four. Number four, uprising. Say what you will about seemingly the vast majority of Europeans and Aussies, but throughout this entire year, seemingly, a committed minority has taken to the streets every weekend. Some of the largest protests of the year started in the United Kingdom, with thousands marching in the streets, protesting restrictive government measures to supposedly combat COVID. Italians joined as large rallies sometimes turned violent thanks to government forces attempting to squelch those protests. In the land down under, despite that government's certifiable insanity, all year long, protesters, mainly in Melbourne, New South Wales, defied, defied, and defied some more. But perhaps if you want a true indication in the righteousness of a cause, the French have not given up all year. Every weekend for about six months straight now, the French have marched in various cities around that country protesting COVID vaccine mandates and passports. When not even the French have given up, maybe the cause really is worth fighting for. Can you guys think of, in the history of mass communication, so what Marconi's invention is turn of the 20th century, television I think goes back to about the 1930s, uh, film is the would be the turn of the 19th and, and 20th mm-hmm. century. All right, so we're we've got you know well over a hundred years here. Okay, can you guys think of during that entire history of mass communication that there have been so many and so large of of assemblies of people that just went completely and totally unrecognized and uncovered by the largest of mass media platforms responsible for conveying information to the masses. Nope. I, mean, I not, can't think of anything that even approaches this. If it's not reported in legacy media, did it really happen? Yeah. I mean, this is this is the biggest memory hole of all time. 
and then, has been the hiding of these demonstrations in 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 America's corporate media. And another way you know it is because if there's a cause they believe in, you know, and like ten trolls show right, up, right? Yeah, banner headlines, front page, protest. We saw this in Oklahoma City with our movie. The reporter, a reporter yep. for Channel Nine in Oklahoma City saw a few people tweeting about that they had gone on strike even though there was no union local and it's a right-to-work state. They cannot go on strike. She tweets to the union her phone number over Twitter. Call me so I can cover the story. It's like nine people standing outside with a picket yeah. sign of our massives. By the way, our studio is freaking massive. It's the former arena where the Oklahoma City Thunder used to play. All right, so it's like a million square feet and there's nine people standing outside holding placards. She tweets them, send me, you know, send. I, I want to cover your story. Do you think she ever contacted us? No. No. Nope. I mean, I, I just can't think of, in the history of mass communications, this amassing of people, and this frequently, that just went completely unrecognized. I mean, to the point of not even attempting to um, smear them, rebrand them. Right. Just, this this is the largest memory hole of all time. Mm-hmm. Next. Number three, the biggest scam since the last one. When we saw the size of the crowd at the rally for Donald Trump protesting the results of the election on January 6th, 2021, one would have thought that in and of itself would have been a message sender to the powers that be. But when elements of that crowd, whether of their own volition or because they were egged on by deep state agents, marched to and entered the U.S. Capitol, it was clear that for the first time in a lot of political elitists' lives, they were afraid. Multiple people were killed during the events at the Capitol that day, but only one was murdered. A veteran named Ashley Babbitt, who posed no imminent threat when she was shot in the head by U.S. Capitol Police Officer Michael Byrd. What followed, however, was the excuse our political elite needed in order to pillory and cajole half the country into believing the other half were nothing more than riotous insurrectionists. In the days that followed, the government embarked upon an all-out effort to round up and publicly shame those involved with the march on the Capitol. To this day, many of those rounded up and arrested for their involvement are still held in squalid conditions as political prisoners of the American communists. Those released and or sentenced have been publicly humiliated by not only the judges and prosecution involved in their cases, but their own defense attorneys being forced to publicly disavow their political beliefs in order to be freed. It was indeed a dark day in American history, but not how the American left means it. We, I'm sorry, I'm taken aback. Just going through this list. Yeah. I mean, we covered all these events. We we had a front row seat for all of them on this show. We discussed them at the time on one of the largest media platforms in the country. And I am just like, that was this year? That was this year? That was this year too? I mean, I... I I don't even know what to say to this one. If... if You're going to have to figure it out because like I said, I next year, it's going to be I know. all I know. the time. I know. If we, just, if we just highlighted what could be the greatest memory hole of all time, this could be, could this end up being the greatest media lie of all time? 
the entire tr- narrative around they're this. They're going to try. They are trying, but it, they have to turn it up to 11 next year. Did they make? I, see, I think the answer is yes. Now, let me reiterate. I don't know Steve Bannon at all. I've been involved in conservative political activism and organization all over the country for a decade. And the first time I ever heard his name, I didn't know he, I didn't know he was running Breitbart. I had written for Breitbart numerous times. Knew people that worked there, friends of mine. Never heard the guy's name until his attachment to the Trump presidential campaign. I said this at the time. I had no idea. I I don't know anything about this guy other than what I've seen and heard third person. Never interacted with him. I think I know two people. No, I know four people that that whose opinion I trust who do know him and know him well. And three of them don't like him. <laughs> right? So I don't know anything at all. Okay. But about him personally, I'm speaking here merely as an observer. Subpoenaing him, in my view, is going to turn out to be a a cataclysmic political mistake. And by doing so, we're going to be sitting here like we did watching the Rittenhouse trial. And we, we actually saw the testimony. We actually saw the video. And we, wa- and we asked ourselves, why did the prosecutors ever bring this case? Why did they think they were going to win? Well, because they were, they were auditioning to be future Democratic congressmen, state legislators. This was a political narrative. If they were looking at this strictly through the lens of a criminal trial, a lot of prosecutors hate losing. They like to brag about their 93% conviction rates, right? They never brought this. I, I think they're going to learn this year. It was It's a terrible mistake. Let, in fact, I'm going to say that let's assume Steve Bannon is everything his detractors say that he is. Then they're really going to regret it. If he's everything his detractors say that he is, then you're giving that sort of a figure a platform and an open mic to eradicate you to grandstand, to gaslight, whatever interpretation you may have of of his abilities and capabilities. I don't I don't see how that's a win. The only way that they don't come out of here with an L by granting him that 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 platform is if he's really just a a wuss. If this is just all keyboard commando stuff, it's just all I'm a badass on my podcast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. I don't know what Steve Bannon is or who he really is or what he's capable of. But I'm pretty sure I know what Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff are capable of. And I'm pretty confident they can't take a punch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if, if Bannon is any form of pugilist, for real, and not just a caricature. I I can't envision how that doesn't turn out poorly for them by granting that. And so, but the hope is that we they they believe they control enough of America that they can just brainwash them after the fact if it goes poorly. Right? It's the guy who testified in the Rittenhouse trial. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I pulled the gun on. I pulled a gun on Kyle first. He testified that under oath. He was on like MSNBC the next day, mm-hmm. essentially attempting to gaslight his own testimony because they had to still control the media narrative to their cultic base. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, they will still do that. But granting Bannon a platform to reach a layer of audience that he is incapable of reaching on his own and his own with his own platform. I don't see how that turns out well unless Steve Bannon's a fraud and it just turns out the guy is just, you know, all hat and no cattle. It's just all bluster. Because if he's if he's really down to clown at all, if he's anything close to what his reputation is, anything close, this is a colossal mistake. It's putting me in a room with Anthony Fauci and rolling a camera. Okay? I, it, this is a colossal mistake. I don't see how they don't come out of this with a complete and total face plant that they're going to need Joy Reid and their entire army to try to rectify with their cultic audience for the next two to three days afterwards. The difference here, I, on one level, I agree with you. The difference here is this, the Rittenhouse thing is child's play yep. compared to the, you bring agree. the weight of the entire federal goon machine. Yeah. I mean, you, we have no idea fully how far they're willing to take their motivations for what to any objective observer was a minority of frustrated, angry people poked in the side with flashbangs and yep. irritated and then doing something that we all agree, hey, if the country was functioning well, you know, these wouldn't be happening this is not good. We, but sometimes it takes the blood of patriots and tyrants. To, and, and clearly, this that I mean, this is not Bunker Hill. This it, this is not Lexington and Concord. Mm-hmm. But we gave this to basically a really shady movie director and made a tail wag a dog. And that's what we're watching. We're watching a terrible movie. How far is the federal government going to go with that? Because our our attorney friend that you and I both know and who defended me. He just said, man, once you get into this, um, fe- the, the federal, they're basically like in federal war crime territory. And Steve Bannon, even if he is a fighter, it may not be enough. Here's the thing, though. They've, they're taking him out of that process by subpoenaing him and allowing him an opportunity. They're, they've turned it into now, they've diminished it with a media event. If they had all those things at their disposal, I completely agree. But they actually chose, they chose the path of, let's put Christine Blasey Ford on TV. Like, imagine we had never heard from, never truly investigated Christine Blasey Ford's allegations, but you just got up one day and her, she was, this is why I wanted her on camera mm-hmm. for clarity. Imagine that never happened and that was just a story of investing Brett Kav, investigating Brett Kavanaugh for these charges. Would he be Supreme Court justice today? No. Nope. Would have never survived. Politically, it would have been way too hot. They're actually diminishing that shadowy world you're talking about by allowing Bannon into the light with a camera rolling and saying, here's the floor. You are permitted to defend yourself. That's the that's what I'm talking. You see what I'm saying? I guess maybe I'm I'm handcuffed by being like that guy has turned out to be such an empty suit. Steve Bannon. 
But I mean, that may turn out to be. That's why I said I that's the caveat. I don't know if he's capable of carrying. He this. may turn out to be a complete and total mangina in the end. He might be a caricature. Might be a guy that was just a badass and in a long coat as, as a media creation or his own branding. We're gonna find out because the 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 platform they're going to provide him to absolutely nuke and dunk on them, I just think is a is a colossal mistake. If he's anything close to the branding, this is gonna end poorly for them. Let's go to number two. Number two, it's worse. August to August, September to September, October to October, November to November, year to year, more cases, hospitalizations, and deaths with COVID than last year. Something's different. What changed? What made the pandemic seemingly worse? I think you know the answer. So in the overtime today, we're going to show you data from Denmark. And I told you yesterday that Omicron is going to show us one of two things is true. That the virus is either attenuating, because that's the data from South Africa, where only 25% of the people are double jabbed or, or more, where the life expectancy of a male in South Africa is 15 years less than it is here in the U.S. And a majority of the population is at or below the poverty line when only 11% of the population here is in the U.S. By any demonstrable standard, from a socioeconomic standpoint, South Africa's people are far worse off than the U.S.'s. And yet, the Omicron, or Omicron, um, if you look at the epidem- epidemiological trajectory in that country, it clearly is one of an attenuating virus. Now, Delta looked like that when it first arrived here in the West as well. And then, and then when it got its hands on the Sunbelt Wave and the U.K. and everywhere else, that's not what we sadly saw in real time we saw, as Aaron pointed out, something worse than what we saw last year. If Omicron, Omicron, if the same thing happens with this variant here in the northern seasonality, because now we're into the states that are the most heavily jabbed, the most repeatedly jabbed, if we see the same thing, where Omicron, Omicron is, does not show in January and February in the height of that seasonality, it is an attenuating phenomenon but is gathering strength. Then we have to look at what's different here than there. What what changed when it got here, when it got to the timber here in the U.S. and in the West compared to South Africa? There is one obvious answer, and what is it? The amount of jabbing we're doing. And this is Garrett Vanden Bosch's, this is his theory. I mean, he used to be a vaccinologist for the Gates Foundation. This is his theory, is that by attempting to vaccinate into a pandemic with a mediocre at best product, we are actually creating an evolutionary advantage for the strain that it's that it is seeing. It doesn't have to attenuate to survive, but it can actually survive by strengthening itself instead. Meaning that the the variants don't cause the vi- aren't the variants don't directly cause the virus to get worse the the, i'm sorry the vaccines don't cause the virus to get worse directly in that the virus recognizes from a natural selection standpoint remember last year we had that viral interference where the flu disappeared remember okay Mm -hmm. the virus understands from a natural selection process it is the superior strain It, it recognizes this is a poser this isn't this is a this is a you know this is a karaoke singer. I'm the guy that's actually the 
the one you hear singing on the album. I'm going to roll this dude. That's what he means by that. And if you look at the data in Denmark, it is, and we'll go over this in the overtime today, blazetv.com slash days for subscribers. It is the physical statistical manifestation of what Geert Van den Bosch is warning us about. Let's get to number one. Number one, fascism. No other story has had the chilling effect on all of Western society than that of the cult of COVID stan, the servants of progressivism and the denizens of the left. This year, government, big business, big media, and big tech all worked in tandem with one another in order to attempt a medical apartheid. What began as this. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. It's like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. Ended up like this in less than a year. This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated. Most attempts at effective, sustained dissent on large scales were shut down, perhaps no more poignantly illustrated than the banishment of independent journalist Alex Berenson from Twitter. In many sectors of the economy, regardless of the Biden administration's repeated attempts to mandate vaccines at the federal level, employees were faced with a choice from their companies, inject an experimental concoction into their bodies, or lose their ability to feed their families. Growing voices, not only in media, but in the medical establishment, continue to mull limiting medical services and insurance for the unvaccinated. None of this, of course, is about science or safety. It's all about the dogma of COVID stan, and it's principally about power, control, and the enslavement of you. Mm. That reads like uh, an epitaph. That doesn't read like a introduction. Yeah, that 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 reads like the conclusion of a story. And a tragic one. Because it is, if we don't change things. It is. The term fascist was thrown a lot around the Trump years. And I recall saying often in response, um, the the people doing the beating are the fascists, not the ones receiving Mm -hmm. it. Right? Okay. Um, Trump's a fascist. Give him all your guns. That didn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. What is fascism? The traditional definition of it is a conglomerate or alliance or coalition of elites in both the public and private sector for the purposes of controlling a culture or a country. That is the express written definition of what has gone on here this year. more than anything else. And this is the other reason why the January 6th narrative has to be carried to the point that they have. One Politically, they don't have any issues. They, they, they literally don't have any. 
they can't, I mean, guys, they pivoted from Afghanistan to vaccine mandates that like 60% of Americans oppose. So that just goes to show you that the, the pickings are slim here. And so vilifying Trump and his base, there's an element of their base that gets sexually gratified. Literally, it's a kink. It's a fetish. They achieve sexual gratification by vilifying those two things. And so this is, this is to avoid having like an approval rating in the 20s and 30s. That's the political reality. But there is another reality, and Aaron hinted at it. It scared them. It's the same reason why the, the, they, that the Biden administration worked with the school board association to label parents mm-hmm. yes. who went to school board meetings as domestic terrorists. Now, parents going to school board meetings and the behavior of not nearly as many, but still too many people at that event on January the 6th, nowhere near one another, right? Mm-hmm. But they sense that between those two tent poles is the energy to topple them peaceably in the country. They sense that. And it scared them. As they want to make an example that you don't get to defy. You don't get to not comply. Because here's what's different. Most of the time, fascists own all the guns. This time, we do. If you are a pet owner, then give Rough Greens a try. We've been talking about it on the show for going on a couple of years now as well. It is the supplement powder that you mix in with your pet's food. And with that one little act of mixing it in, you've likely put back in the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that were stripped out of your pet's food before it ever left the factory for the same reasons they do it to the people food. So they can have mass distribution. It can stay uh, on the shelves longer. This is why we have to take so many supplements these days to put that stuff back in. And now there's a supplement for your pet. Find out if your pet will like it. And if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less, when you take the Rough Greens 14-day jumpstart bag for free from us, just go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. And you'll pay for the shipping because we want you to be invested in here. If we just do everything for free, people just throw that stuff on a shelf a lot of times. But if you got to shell out a few bucks for the shipping, then you're more inclined to try it because we want you to because we think it'll be good for your pet. Right? Our dog, Cap, he loves this stuff. 833-ROUGH-DOG, R-U-F-F, 833-ROUGH-DOG, roughgreens.com is the website. It is now time for our clip of the year 2021. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Um, That's just the way it goes. How long is that? Less than five seconds. In, In less than five seconds, the entirety of 2021 was summarized in that one clip right there. That is the Food and Drug Administration meeting over Zoom on whether to whether to approve experimental mRNA injections, messenger RNA injections for children. They know the camera is running. They know people are watching. 
and someone, one of them, openly says, we really won't know how safe it is until we inject it into your kids. That person isn't shouted down, isn't scorned, isn't mocked. Oh, well, yeah. And they just continue on with the conversation. Folks, that's the same mentality of David Daleiden's Planned Parenthood videos. Just over a little chicken Caesar. What do you guys think about a baby kidney? You guys need one of those? Same mentality, folks. That same FDA had just voted a few weeks prior to that, 16 to 2, against approving third injections for adults. And then they turn right around when it comes to our kids and they say, I mean, we got to inject them to find out what's in it. That level of indifference, of non-truth, of lie, of dark, of disdain, of zero self-awareness whatsoever, zero remorse, zero shame, Should I continue? That, that is the year 2021. If I may really quick, for all time, just so we can take care of it, because it comes back around every once in a while. Todd, why are you anti-vax? Asked and answered. I'm not even attempting to have these arguments with him at this point. I, I, I don't even know what to say. How I would even counter that argument. The clip that's going around with Fauci and Mark Zuckerberg, it's from last year. Actually, I think it's from last March. And so people think that it's not relevant. The exact opposite is true. Everything Fauci says there is accurate. Everything he's warning about what happens if you come out with a substandard vaccine product. One that is evolutionary inferior to the strain it is attempting to confront. What happens? In our overtime today, we're going to look at data from Denmark that's going to show you what happens. Everything Geert van den Bosch has predicted for months is in this, is in this Denmark data. And, and if you look at an, the second piece of data, I just tweeted it out if you want a sneak preview. What does antibody-dependent enhancement look like? What is antibody-dependent enhancement? It is what happens when an inferior vaccine product ends up generating superior strains of a vaccine. I'm sorry, of 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 a variant. And then you get into an immunological black hole where even the walls of natural immunity are broken down. And so you're like, well, we got to protect everybody we can. So we have to just keep injecting people with these inferior products, which then just continues to strengthen the strength and create more virulent varieties of the variants. It's a black hole. You can't get off. You, it, it, <laughs> you can check in anytime you like, but you don't ever leave, man. It's a Hotel California of, of, of contagions. And the Denmark data looks a lot like what, what that nightmare scenario looks like. We'll get into that today in the overtime at blazetv.com slash dace. All right, let's take a look back on what I predicted would be the top stories of 2021 as I gazed into my crystal ball. 
Do we have an over-under for how many of these I need to get right yes. to to be successful for the year? Well, I, I put the over-under at how many of these are successful at five and a half. Are you taking the over or the under, Steve? The last two years, I think I was slightly over that. So I'm going to go with regression in the mean and say under. Okay, Todd, what about you? Under. Okay. okay. So if, if you go back and I, this is like the first column I write every year. So first day we were back on the air this year was January 4th. It was the first show we did. You can go back and get these in the podcast. You can go get this article from The Blaze from January 4th. So you can see the timestamp. If I get any of these right, how that indeed these were predictions that were made last year for this year or earlier this year for this year. All right, let's begin. Uh, number 10 on the list. I predicted that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would win Super Bowl 54. One for one. Good start. Yeah, good start. I believe I I, I won a 12 to 1 bet on that because I bet the Buccaneers at 7 to 5, or I bet the Buccaneers when they were 7 and 5. But yep, I got the Buccaneers beating, or the, I didn't have them beating the Chiefs, but I did have them winning Super Bowl 54. Okay. Number nine, Tom Holland's third outing as Spider Man will be the top grossing movie of the year. I'm going to go ahead and give you credit for this. I don't, I don't, if you look at the trend lines for this, there's yeah. no way this won't turn out to be true. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it would it would take nuclear war or the return of Christ to yeah. seriously to stop. That's not even embellishment. It would take that level of event to stop yeah. these that that one from coming true. I got my tickets already, and I never go to the movies anymore. So yeah. All right. So there's there's two for two. Number eight. Republicans will put up no real fight to stop Joe Biden from being sworn in as president on January the twentieth. Keep in mind, three. yeah. Keep in mind, this was dated January fourth. Yeah. January 6th had not occurred yet. January 8th, I believe, was the big date for certification, right? Okay, so Man. that turned out to be three for three. Man. You're doing well. How about this line in the in what I wrote at the time about that? Uh, go back to number uh, nine for a second, or number eight for a second, Aaron. If you go back to the original, the original story I wrote for the Blaze, laying these predictions out back on January the fourth, quote. And after Democrats win the Georgia Senate runoffs, the same way they won the presidential race, they will have total control in Washington again, too. <laughs> I'm always right about the bad stuff. I wasn't going to say that. Okay. Number seven, China becomes the new power player in the Middle East. I, I think, think this, that's true. You do? Oh, I, I oh would, for sure. I would. I was about to say. Safe. I think I'm a year ahead of schedule on this one. But mm, go ahead. I, no, they swooped in right right around the time uh, we left Af- left Afghanistan. Started doing deals with the Taliban. I believe they've gotten relationships with Pakistan. I, I think. I think by virtue of the fact that Turkey's dollar is now failing, just by um, uh, virtue of there being a vacuum there of a major player, I think it's true. Actually, okay. How about Turkey announcing today that the answer to the failure of its currency was to raise the minimum up wage? The minimum wage by fifty percent. <laughs> the math is Erdogan. They're triple jabbed. The minimum wage is yes. triple jabbed in Turkey, guys. Erdogan. Erdogan is a thug, an economist. He is not. Yes. Yes. Um, you want to give me credit on this one or not? What do you think? I'll give you half a point. Okay. I think that's fair because I kind of don't think I deserve credit, yeah. and Aaron does. We'll split. We'll split the difference. Three and a half. So three and a half. All right. Number six, there will be one Supreme Court vacancy this year. I predicted it would be 83-year-old Stephen Breyer, who would not want to make the Ruth Bader Ginsburg mistake. He went the other way and said, 
I'm here till death, baby. Screw you. So that one we got wrong, right? Well, there's still a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, plenty I, of time. Yeah, there's a couple of weeks that, that you know, he is 83, and so at 83, man, you don't you don't take you know months or weeks for granted. You take day, every day for granted, right? You're not buying green bananas, as I like to say, right? Okay. Number five, out of the White House, Trump will not start or invest into a digital conservative media platform, as has often been speculated but will instead be on the present in media and on the road with rallies, acting as essentially a president in exile. He will also write the most successful self-published book in American history. That one is way off. That wasn't so much my prediction as much as my suggestion of what I thought he should actually do. And they didn't do any of that. So just a bit outside, as they say in your home state. They do. Okay. Uh, Number four. Almost every major conservative media outlet will be forced off Twitter and Facebook or forced to leave voluntarily. This one is maybe a year ahead of schedule. All of the all of us were threatened or had individuals threatened, but on a systemic corporate level, not yet. So that one wasn't right. So we're still at three and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, number three. Government will confirm that intelligent life exists outside our planet and has visited us. I think you get a half a point for this one. Because of the last phrase there? Yes. Okay. Because they, I mean, they, they haven't said ET phone home, but they have, they have made Correct. it very clear that there, this is technology that, that exists outside yeah. of our Well, none of that. Outside of our space and time. Government will confirm. None of that means it's true or they're, could mean they're lying about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Well, I used but, the term confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Half a point. Half a point. Yeah, for okay. sure. Four. See, for, for those of you that are skeptics of all of this, the the big point I think you have is why do we have so many good, high quality shots of of the crafts, but not of the people piloting them? You know what I'm saying? That to me is is the best argument you have because I don't think you can just dismiss all of the all of the visual evidence we have. It has to mean something. So to me, the best argument, those of you that are in the Todd Finnegar skeptic camp, your best argument is, why do we have all these high-quality aerial shots of this new technology or foreign alien technology, but none of the actual aliens themselves? That's, to me, your best argument. Number two. <laughs> Life will return mostly to normal by the end of the year for most Americans, provided you can verify your vaccination. But at least one of the COVID vaccines will be responsible for a serious public health issue, which both mainstream media and big tech will attempt to suppress. I think you get full credit for that. No, you get half because it's not mostly returned to normal. Life is not uh, provided you can verify your vaccination. You can, it's it's mostly, not mostly the normal for most Americans. Like 51%. Sell out, sell out 51%, stadiums and go anywhere yeah. you want. If this is, this, see, that's the lie. It's it's a mirage. And All right. Well, I, I disagree York, with you here. I get full credit. California. You, you're a, your, your opinion of what, what back to normal may mean is may be true. But I'm going to give, I'm gonna, I, I agree with Aaron. I should get full credit on that one. I think that one's right on the money. Yeah. Right on the money, especially coming out early with causing a public health are, emergency, public we, health we issue. We live in Iowa. We're lucky. They're about to make masks permanent in Oregon. This is there's nothing normal about what's going on. Aaron, so where am I at right now? 
four you and a half. At five. I'm at five. Okay. Number one is not going to be accurate. It's not a win. After months and months of scares and embarrassments, Joe Biden will not make it through his first year in office. But will eventually have to resign for health reasons. So the still time under, for that too. There is well, again, when you're 80 years old, you're not buying green bananas, right? But um, so you guys won by the hook. Yep. We were at the under five and a half. That's a good line set by myself. All right. I've got one more thing to tell you about. Then we'll get some final thoughts here from Todd and Aaron. And that's realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to get involved during these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure, especially when you know uh, you saw what England just did with the 150% increase in its interest rates. You got to think probably something similar is coming down the pike here. All right. So now is the time while the window still exists Take advantage of the housing market, and, but make sure you do so with an, an agent that won't get taken advantage of or take advantage of you. Someone that will come in, take charge of your situation while recognizing who is ultimately in charge is you. Someone with a proven track record of success. Where would you find them? At realestateagentsitrust.com. That's the website you want to go to, realestateagentsitrust.com. We've got time for a final thought here from each of you. What say you? Well, I've been right ever since 2016, way beyond what I was applying being right to, that uh, 2017 was going to be worse than 2016, and it was, but every year since then has been worse. It's because we keep not doing what needs to be done. Gentlemen, this is a football, and until we do that... Get back to basics and fundamentals. It's going to stay dark. Uh, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Shop.blazetv.com is where you can get that. And um, the top 10 stories of the year that we did for basically the first hour and a half of the show. Um. The, I usually try to try to, to try to pigeonhole them into specific stories, top ten stories of the year, not top ten topics. But there is no possible way to do this this year and actually do the year uh, of our show justice um, in terms of what we talked about. I would love next year more than anything else, though, to have the number one story be that uh, a number of states are now outlawing abortion, that the Supreme Court at least partially overturned Roe. That would make a lot of, even even some of the most darkest stories that we talked about now and we will talk about next year, that would taint that in a good way. Uh, and that's what I hope to see next year. Back at it again one more time tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.